at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast Time. Welcome to the show. Threw a little zinger at Alex there right before uh, the episode started. I think you said the one name that might actually be worse than Josh Rosen. Uh, Paxton Lynch, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty bad. We're watching the opening you know, roll through, and True. we're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo and realizing you know, he's probably going to be gone. We are so, definitely changing that intro. So, so that's going to have to change. Um, and Alex said, you know, we're, we're kind of going through it. You know, is it going to be... Trey Tommy. Lance, is it going to be Tom Trey. Brady? And Alex says, what about Aaron Rodgers? said, what about Paxton Lynch, huh? I, mean, I think I think the point you were trying to make is they have about the same amount of chance there you go. of ending up in San Francisco. And, and speaking of chances to end up in San Francisco, we've been talking a lot about the free agents. In fact, before we took our nice three-week break, we gave you a list of all the 49ers free agents. Who are the guys hitting the market and who we thought, you know, were guys that potentially could come back. And Ant, PFF, since... Since that long list that we put out of 49ers players and hitting the free agency market, you're welcome, Cutback Crew, has since put up their top 200 free agents, and not just top 200 free agents, Ant, their top 200 free agents, and which of those guys, what their value is, essentially. So, of those 200, what 49ers names made the list, and if they made the list, what does PFF think their market value is going to be heading into free agency? So make sure you hit the like button right now, smash that thing into oblivion, and if this is your first time on the channel, Hit the subscribe button, because if you want to know more about the 49ers and their free agents and who they could re-sign and what guys they may target, which is coming, we are going to talk about it, don't you worry about it, then you're not going to want to miss any of it, and the best way to do that is to subscribe to the channel right now and hit that notification bell, that way you don't miss anything. But Ant, let's start with the first name on the list. The first name on the list for this wonderful, wonderful team, this this wonderful uh, situation here was Lankin Tomlinson, Anton. What did PFF have their value ranked out as? Oh, the 49ers uh, would have to sign this guy for three years at $27 million, $9 million a year, and over $16 million guaranteed. So um, I've heard this kind of mentioned. Uh, You know, I think it's a good idea to get, you know, a perspective that is not, you know, inside 49ers land. I've heard Matt Mayoko talking about it, and he had kind of said, you know, Lakin Tomlinson, $9, $10 million a year was something that was believed to be his value. And now PFF is going along the same way, um, including that maybe he's the best guard in free agency. If he's the top guard in free agency, he is um, getting nine million. He, he could be getting nine million. And a team like Cincinnati with a lot of cap space, a team like Miami with a lot of cap space, might come calling Lakin Thompson. I believe he'd like to come back. But Alex, can we afford to bring back Lakin Thompson on a three-year deal at twenty-seven million dollars? Uh, is this something that you think is a possibility? You know, I made a stance on this. If you've already watched our Offensive line uh, video. video, yeah. Uh, you know I've kind of taken a stance on this. So, Alex, what are you thinking about this now that numbers are, are kind of coming out what it could possibly be? My gut is no. <laughs> My gut's like, this is not happening. At $9 million a year, $16.5 million guaranteed. That essentially means in the first two years of his contract, you know, you're paying this guy out, and then after that, the, the money is, you know, it's all incentives and bonuses and things like that. So, may not it may not pay out your way. It, it may. Um could you backload it? You might be able to backload it. You might be able to, you know, make the money light early and then pay him out deep later on. Um, but there's other guys that you're paying deep later on as well. Um, it becomes very difficult to, to do to do this. Uh, and also makes it difficult to maybe sign some more free agents and other guys. 
potentially you would think, right? You would think you'd not be able to pay Lincoln Tomlinson nine million a year and eat up almost fifty percent of the money that you're you know getting back from Jimmy Garoppolo in order to pay an offensive lineman that much money. Um, then again, I could be wrong. Right? We we could be wrong in this sense, and that's just not the case at all. Not not gonna happen. The Niners can easily do it. Is there some cap gymnastics that can be worked out? 100%. They, they could do some cap gymnastics to make this work and fit better for the team. Um, and, and, you know, move some of that money around, um, you know, put it in a different area, maybe, you know, make it a fourth year and void one of the years so you're paying him a, an X amount of money like they did this year on the contract. that He's got money the Niners are paying him this year that, is, that was voided out. So is that possible? Yeah. Um, I'm not the man to try and figure that out, and that seems like a lot of money to be pay, t- paying an interior guard, something that Kyle Shanahan just does not value as much as other positions on the O-line. Yeah, that's the big part, is Kyle Shanahan really doesn't value interior offensive linemen except for center. Center is the, the one that he does value. Accurate. And you got Alex Mack you know, carrying that $6.5 million cap hit. I don't know if you're going to pay a guard more than that. That would be a switch from Kyle Shanahan. Does he believe now that Lakin Tomlinson needs to be on this roster, and you're willing to pay $9 million to do it, it seems like it would be a little bit away from what's normal. I've heard everyone pounding the pavement and just saying, no, pounding the table. This has to be, you have to bring back Lincoln Tomlinson. I'm sitting here looking at, I've seen the way 49ers have handled this in the past, and I think there's a possibility Lincoln Tomlinson could be gone. I'm not sure this works. Unless they can get a base salary in in this first year that's down to like 5 or $6 million, I don't see them bringing him back. Now they can, you know, of course, backload some of this and make it work. Uh, but this is going to be interesting for the 49ers. I think that Lakin Tomlinson, if he really goes out on the open market, Cincinnati and some of those teams are going to throw money at him. This could be potentially the end of Lakin Tomlinson. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. But when you start talking about a $27 million deal. I think nine nine is $9 million per year, by the way. That's what they think Like the, the, the number is going to be set at. The Cincinnati Bengals got to feel like they're an offensive line away from dominating a Super Bowl. Not just winning a Super Bowl, dominating a Super Bowl. Lincoln Tomlinson and what he's done, Zach Taylor, similar tree, similar system, scheme. Tomlinson, you've got to imagine would fit in it, right? He's got to be sitting there going, oh, we'll pay $11 million. We got the room. We can pay $11 million for the next three years for this guy while we figure out what we're going to do long-term at the guard position. They'll do it. Why wouldn't they do it? I mean, it would make sense for them to do it, in all honesty. If Lakin Tomlinson is looking to cash out, he's going to get his ability to cash out. Accurate. As probably the best guard on the, you know, on the docket, He's probably going to get that money. Now, does he value playing in San Francisco, though? That's the question. You know, he, he's been here. This is a team that traded for him, believed in him. Uh, his durability has been special, but it's going to come down to what he wants to do. And if he wants to cash out, this is his opportunity. It's going to be his last long-term contract. Somebody's willing to ex- add extra years, more guaranteed money. The 49ers might not be able well, to match it. And he said, right? He said he doesn't know how much longer he's going to be playing in the league. He That's said right. he doesn't want to be playing forever. Um, you know, is three years that time frame that he's comfortable with, or is he sitting there going four, or is he sitting there going two? I don't need three years. I need, I need two. I, I want. Well, I, I want to play for another two, win a Super Bowl, and get out of here. That's where the cap gymnastics could play in, right? You could sign him to a four or five year deal and make it so this is really a two or three year deal, and you can get out of it without, you know, without a and, huge hit. Or he can get out of it, right, and be like, hey, after two years, if you win a Super Bowl after one, he's sitting there going, hey, next year's it. That's yeah. it. I'm, I want to be done. He, I want to move on. I think he's young enough. He could play for three or four more years. He and, easily and feel could. Comfortable with it. He easily could. Yeah, I, I think that this is going to be interesting though because that that numbers, that's the elevated part I was worried about. I mean, this is one of those ones where you are. I mean, if if I'm if I'm Kyle Shannon, I'm going to uh, Forrester, and I'm like, hey, uh, Banks and they're more, they're ready, right? Are they, they ready? Because we might not be able to pay. Like Compton and Brunskill, right? They can do good enough, right? Like, 
I'm really starting to think about that because I'm I'm worried about paying an interior offensive lineman nine million dollars. Uh, accurate answer. Uh, Lincoln Thomas and the only 49er in the top 50. By the way, in that ranking. So only guy in the top 50. That was Lincoln Tomlinson sneaking in just under the 50 right, 50 yeah. mark. And then you have this choice, right? What if you have a choice between Lincoln Tomlinson and every other free agent that you want to bring back? Uh, accurate answer because uh, the next guy on the list, DJ Jones, his cap number is up pretty. Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty big also, Ant. It's, it's pretty big also. He was the next guy on that list. DJ Jones, three years. $26.25 million. A lot of dollars, Ant. 8.75 of that was guaranteed, was per year, and 15 and a half of that guaranteed. You and I talked about this pre-show when we looked at the numbers. We're like, can you really? Like, can you, can you really pay both of those guys, bring both of those guys back at that money? And you were like, yeah, you could. You, you could. you could do that. You pay them both and just offsetting years and whatnot and make that work. But that's most of your cap that you're getting back from trading ideally Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, can you re-sign both those guys to that much money and sign more players? I don't think you can. Yeah, if you find other ways, right? There's other avenues for them to be able to free up money. They're definitely going to free up other money. They're going to have to. They're going to have to go to some of these other players, which uh, I'm sure we're going to get to on a future episode. There's probably an about episode players that can sign yeah. contract extensions, and, restructure, and, restructure. Uh-huh. and the guys you can cut. Um, there's going to be avenues for them to approach and attack this, and they're going to have to, because right now they just don't have the money to bring everyone back. Now, no. the Jimmy Garoppolo is the big, the big move. You have to move him to be able to bring these guys back. We've seen the 49ers get guys to come back. I mean, last year, Jason Verrett had a multi-year deal on the table, and he came back to San Francisco and bet on himself on a one-year deal worth a little over $5 million. So I think that there are always opportunities for these guys to come back. Um, what is your value of DJ Jones though? Where do you believe you know Javon Kinlaw is? You want Kinlaw playing you know the the nose tackle position? Or you want him to be playing three tech? Is Armstead going to stay inside? Once those questions are answered, then I think you have an idea of who DJ DJ Jones is for your team. I think they would love to bring him back. I think right now DJ Jones has really stepped in and been one of those top guys, and he deserves the eight million dollars, hundred percent. But figuring out how to make sure that money benefits the team and ultimately you know gets the best team available because you have other free agents along that defensive line too that you'd like to bring back one thing we know about chris kasarik and this defense they like a rotation they like a lot of guys doing that and if you're spending too much money on certain guys you don't have as deep of a, a defensive line as you would like and it seems to be that being the strength 2019 that was the strength of the defense once it fell off and that you didn't have that depth uh the team struggled a little bit more in the past you know rush area where this team it got stronger because they had that depth they're able to keep these guys fresh. They weren't playing very many snaps. Uh, but I think DJ Jones is an important cog. In fact, I think he's more important than Lakin Tomlinson. And I know that keeping your quarterback upright is important, uh, but stopping the run and giving your offense more opportunities is, is really important, especially since you invested two, you know, two draft picks to potentially your offensive line last year in the draft. You're not wrong, Ant. You're you're not wrong there at all whatsoever. Um, this is a tough one. It's it's truly a tough one with DJ Jones because I don't want him to go. I, I think I think of the guys that are keys in free agency, I feel like him and another guy that we're going to talk about here are, are two of the, I think, key linchpins of wanting to try and bring back. Because I think if you bring those two guys back, I think everyone else you can get in a, in a fairly good market just because of circumstance and situation. Um, and, and we'll get to it. I, I don't want to spoil any of the names coming up on the list, but we'll get get to that point. But I think DJ uh, and the other guy in the pass rushing category that we could bring back, and most people know he'd be the key to our success. Uh they are drastically important. I don't know if the wink was necessary. It wasn't, but... <laughs> it wasn't necessary, but just in case you didn't get yeah. it. Uh, and for the people listening to traditional podcast platforms, it was a very dramatic wink there to let everybody know what I was trying to get at. Um, the pass rush is your identity. 
It's what this team has been built around, this idea, right? You don't have to pay a top-level corner necessarily because you have a pass rush that gets home and can cover up some of the weaknesses. And, you know, as long as your, your secondary plays good enough, then you're fine. You don't need to spend a bunch of money on corners and safeties. You just need to make sure that your front seven is solid and phenomenal and that you have a rotation. Um, and you continue to pay that much money out for your front seven. I mean, we're talking about a heck of a lot of money that's already invested. I think it was something like, what, $70 million already put into the front seven with the guys you currently have under contract? Right, you're talking about getting yourself up into that $80, $80, $90 million range by paying DJ Jones. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that could help, right, is if you cut D Ford. Accurate. Uh, you're going to save about $2.5 million at post June 1. That could go to help you know pay for that. But you're right, there's money all along the front. And they've definitely decided that. Accurate. At what point do they do they change philosophy? I don't I don't know if they will, but do they say, you know what, we could have DJ Jones or we can have Chris Caseric, who we're paying over a million dollars to develop talent, develop another guy, develop Kenlaw, for instance, to step into that role. And maybe draft somebody. Or even sign a cornerback or something. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't know. I don't think that's a philosophy. I think they want to continue to pay um the defensive front and the defensive front seven. Agreed that's why that. Fred Warner has so much money. You know, Eric Arm said Nick Bosa, of course, is going to get paid in the next you know, year or so. Um, there's a lot of money that is, is there, but there are other avenues to be able to free up some cap space uh, to be able to bring these guys back. So I, I think that this is still something they want to do. They want to bring back DJ Jones. I think they would love to bring back Lakin Tomlinson. But when you start looking at the contract potentiality for these two guys, not looking promising. No, uh, the opposite of promising, Anthony. Yeah. The very much but the opposite. we do know Parag makes things happen. So. Uh, that he does. Yeah. He does make things happen. We'll see what gymnastics can be played there and what can happen next. And up next is K1 William. What did PFF value him at? What are they saying? K1 Williams doesn't have much value, according to PFF. Um, they see him signing a one-year deal worth $2.5 million, with two of the two million being guaranteed. Uh, not a high value for what they consider an aging corner. Um, somebody that, of course, is pigeonholed to playing the slot, and that is struggling to beat or to to stay with guys deep. Uh, it seems to be the growing trend that people are not valuing K1 Williams, and we know last year it basically came down to Kansas City and San Francisco. Kansas City had the value on K1 Williams, but it was a similar value to the 49ers, so he decided to come back. I don't know if there's a bigger deal out there. I mean, we potentially thought. The Jets made sense last year because you put plug him in there. He's from that area. It made a lot of sense. They didn't bring him in. Um, Miami's not switching the defensive philosophy that they're going to be running there. So K1 Williams might not fit there. The landing spots for him may be limited. On top of the fact that it's a heavy cornerback market and including a lot of slot corners available. Right. And I mean, so at that value, I'm very interested in bringing back K1 Williams at that value. Uh, I think if it was if it was more than that, you know, I'd be concerned. But at the the two two point five million dollars and two million guaranteed, yeah, like I I love it. I, I'd bring, I, I'd probably bring him back as well because the one thing I am concerned is a lot of people are bringing up Diameter Lenore, um, because Diameter Lenore is, was drafted last year. It doesn't mean he's going to be ready ready to play the slot. And one of my big reasons for believing that is Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett. Um, these are not guys you want Diameter Lenore matching up with on the interior. Now, if the 49ers made a move on the outside, maybe they would be willing to move Emmanuel Mosley to the to the inside to play the, the nickel corner spot. Then we're talking. Then I'm okay moving on from K1 Williams. Accurate. But until there's a better option, yeah, bring him back. Listen, if the Niners have option other options at corner too, other free agent guys that they want to bring in that could be the number two to Emmanuel Mosley's number one or be the number one to Emmanuel Mosley's two uh, and re-sign another guy that we'll talk about here in a little bit as well, to play in the slot behind him. I'll just say it right now, Jason Verrett. 
a, do you think Jason Verrett would be a better option in the slot than Kwan Williams? Yes, but here's the problem. Jason Verrett is a better option than Ombre Thomas on the, on the outside. Accurate. Uh, him and Emmanuel, As long as I'm talking if Ombre Thomas isn't the number two outside. Well, I think right now he's the number two outside. Well, as of, at this point. Yeah, time, if yes, they made another free agent move to, to free up Jason Verrett or Emmanuel Mosley moving interior, uh, I think that's a good situation. Then you do move on Agreed. from K1 Williams, but... I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, I mean, the 49ers are not one of those teams that likes to spend a lot of money on the secondary. Accurate. And that's why Emmanuel Mosley making $6.5 million is kind of surprising. Uh, maybe there's some sort of a move there. Maybe they're going to, you know, restructure, I mean, as far as assign him to an extension. Yeah, maybe. Um, to free up a little bit of money. Assigning signing him to an extension could possibly free up the money to to make the moves necessary. But, yeah. I mean, K1 Williams had two point. You know, two point five million dollars. It sounds enticing to me. Uh, agreed, and so does Jason Verrett's contract, which PFF had at one year, three million, one point two five guaranteed. Um, so basically, making making the base bare minimum with you know escalators and performance and probably uh, active roster playing bonuses to get that number up to three million. One year, three million for Jason Verrett, and only one point two five guaranteed. Meaning, if he gets hurt, you're on the hook for the bare minimum. Um, that that's a that's a good that's a good deal. Yeah, I mean, you, take, bad you take a look at his knee, you see where he's at in his recovery. If you believe that he's ready to go for that kind of money, I think uh, you're willing to take a shot. I mean, the one thing is limiting risk, and $1.25 million is definitely limiting risk. Uh, you don't ever want to have money that's dead, but um, the potential of what Jason Vareck could do for your roster is far outweighs the potential of losing $1.25 million against your cap. But I think you take a chance at that moment. Emmanuel Mosley, Jason Verrett, Ombre Thomas, I think you're feeling good. If you bring back K1 Williams as well, uh, you're going in the same boat you were last year, except you have a further along Ombre Thomas and hopefully a healthy Jason Verrett. But Emmanuel Mosley just went through one of his good years. I think you're feeling pretty good about the cornerback room uh, beyond making any other moves, including draft picks or another potential free agent. Uh, very much the case, Ant. Very accurate indeed. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting what they do with those two guys at those positions because K1 at one year... 2.5 million, 2 million guaranteed. It isn't a, a whole heck of a lot of a cap hit. That's very enticing. And Jason Verrett at one year, 3 million with 1.25 guaranteed is also just as enticing. Shockingly, Ant, a two very cheap contract. You get two guys who have played very well in your system for a year and $5 million between the two of them. I, I think everyone would want to sign up for that. Yeah, potentially, right? You're starting secondary at the cornerback position, <clears> including <throat> the nickel corner, would be what around eleven million dollars. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, that that's a that's a pretty good time to go to town. You know, what I mean, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Well, it allows here. you to spend your money elsewhere. Elsewhere, which they love to do in the front seven. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, it, it's it's something they have to do, and that might for, that might you know leave them the possibility to bring back DJ Jones or Lincoln Tomlinson. That's very true. And uh, cutbacker, you may be sitting here going, well, you know, you're not talking about guys we want you to talk about. Why don't you talk about the Arden Keys, the World Jaquiski Tarts, the Raheem Mosters, the Tom Comptons, the Daniel Brunskills. I get it. You want us to talk about those things, potentially. Uh, number one, Daniel Brunskill wouldn't be on that list because he's a restricted free agent. Correct. Uh, but number two, the, the order that we're going in right now is how PFF has this ranked out. Ranked, yeah. So you may be sitting there going, whoa, 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 whoa. They have K1 and Jason Verrett ranked ahead of Arden Key. Well, get ready to have your mind blown because they had Maurice Hurst listed above Arden Key Ant. Maurice Hurst was the next guy on the list at one year, 1.5 million. That's the that's the contract, that's the base, that's the guaranteed. I was stunned when I saw Maurice Hurst as the next name on this list. I was absolutely stunned by it. Um, over Ar Arden Key, who came very like two spots after that. Um, one year, 1.5 million is nice, but I don't think either one of us believes that this guy would be coming back even on that, um, even on that contract. 
I think one year, 1.5. You maybe, think maybe? Maybe. It depends <clears throat> on what happens with Contavia Street, what happens with DJ Jones. You know, you Will, might be... Uh, Willis also. Yeah, you're, you're looking at possible options. This is interior defensive line. That's though. true. Um, and it's he's true. a 3-tech who's very good against the pass. If Kinlaw's making the move, DJ Jones leaves, and Kinlaw's making the move to nose tackle, and he's going to be playing along Armstead, you're going to want to have... I know you have Kevin Givens, but you're going to want to have another guy that can play there. Having a cheap option like Maurice Hurst, somebody that's familiar with what Chris Kacarek does... Um, that really was hampered by injury. So you take an opportunity, you're basically paying him the same amount you paid him last year to bring him back. I think in that scenario, it makes sense. Where it doesn't make sense is if you are bringing back DJ Jones and, and Ken Law and, Ken Law and, you are, and you're bringing back Kevin Givens, then it doesn't make sense for Maurice Hurst because he's not as good against the run. That's not something he True. does. Contavious Street's better against the run, but uh, Maurice Hurst is tremendously better against the pass than Contavious Street. His, his agility and stuff is, is through the roof. And his aggressiveness, I just don't know. I think DJ Jones will be the one that has to fall. You know, as I think far he's, as the the priority. Priority, he's the priority. Between the two of them, he's the priority. But DJ once, if DJ Jones leaves right away, Ken Law becomes the starting nose tackle, um, and I think they would just roll with that. Even though you, I mean, yeah, he's not a nose tackle. He's a guy that should be a three tech. But I think moving Armstead inside needs to stick. And as long as that is sticking, then you need Ken Law to play the nose tackle. That's what gets you the best. You know, possible defensive line with the guys you have available. Uh, I agree with you there, and you have to make the you have to basically create your roster based on the pieces you have. Uh, if DJ Jones happens to move on, and you're not able to re-sign him, um, then yeah, Maurice Hurst would make sense at 1.5 million. That's not that much. I was kind of surprised to see that number. I thought there might be a little bit of a market, maybe a couple million that would end up costing. It, it, it's got to be because of injury. It has to be. Yeah, it, it has, has to be. Well, and the lack of production in Oakland. Well, it was Oakland at the time. Yeah, now Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, I, I think there's a lack of production, but I don't think there's a lack of talent. Agreed with you. There. We saw him. We saw him practicing at training camp. We oh, saw him God. practicing at the open practice. Destroying uh, preseason, he looked good. And I mean, poor Aaron Banks had to suffer uh, through that Ta- open yeah, practice. If y'all think, if y'all think Daniel Brunskill is the daddy to Aaron Donald, Maurice Hurst was the was the daddy on that field that day for Aaron Banks. Yeah, lateral movement from Aaron, Aaron Banks that day was not good, and Hurst was the perfect matchup to exploit his weaknesses. And he did. He did in a big way. Hundred uh, percent. That is also the same day that Colton McKivitz got moved from right tackle to left guard. Exactly. And Tom Compton to right tackle. And Tom Compton started his ascendance as the man that we didn't think he would ever be. And uh, next up though was Arden Key. After that, and it was two years, twelve point five million from PFF, six point two five million per year, six point two five guaranteed. Meaning the first half of the contract is guaranteed. Everything else after that is not guaranteed. Um, that's not necessarily a bad a bad deal. What are you thinking? It's going to come down to what they can work out with E. Ford as far as you know if they move off him. Also, what they do with Samson Ebucom because Ebucom you know is going to go into the last year of his contract. He has a decent cap hit. So would they extend him? I don't know. Possibly. Uh, but I think they're going to have to find ways to free up money. I think they would love to bring back Arden Key, but he's a rotational pass rusher. Uh, this is a guy that you asked to win on one on one situations. When you had Armstead Nick Bosa on one side. It freed up Arden Key and Samson Ebucom to go one-on-one, and they needed to win, and they did. Those two guys played big, so I think they would like to bring them back. They liked the rotation of him coming in on obvious pass downs. He wasn't asked to play the run, and he also wasn't asked to play the traditional wide nine defensive end very much. In obvious pass downs, they moved him inside, and that's where um, the real luxury of having him on the team was, was huge because then you did have some sort of a NASCAR package where everyone in at that one time was a good pass rusher. That's something I think they would like to do because – they really believe on third down, fourth down, it's closing time. You need that defensive line to get after it. But can they afford to bring him back? I mean, the value, you would say so, because he didn't play that many snaps, and yet he had great production. But that was only after they moved him to the interior. Can you imagine an entire season where they had a defined role for him? 
he, he could possibly put up double digit sacks for the 49ers. And in that case, he's worth the 6.25 million, 100%. The question is, will he come back? We know he loves Chris Kacarek. He know we, he loves the 49ers organization. He liked playing for them, but he's also a guy that has needs. <laughs> he needs money. And if somebody's going to, if somebody's going to offer you 6.25 and the Niners are only going to offer you 4 million, uh, you, you might go ahead and, and take that money and run. You could, you very well could. This is the problem with Arden Keyes, a young guy who's just now starting to show what maybe his, his role is, right? What his defined role could be for a team. And because now it's been seen, it's been shown, and you saw what it was in less than half of a year of a season in which he almost put up double-digit sack numbers, teams have to be salivating at the opportunity of getting this guy in, the, in similar positions on third down. But the issue is, is a team has to be able to put him in those situations, meaning you have to have those bona fide sort of edge rushers or guys there that are so dominant that it frees him up for those one-on-one situations for him to be able to win. How many teams can honestly say they have that? I don't know. And you, it, what what was up? Well, this is what I would do if I was Chris Kacarek. I yeah. would call Arden. Hey, Arden, you know how you're going to get $6.25 million on the open market? I'll get you 10 if you come back. Play for me for two more years. I'll get you $10 million a year because your sack numbers will go double digits, and then everyone's going to want to pay you to be a premier pass rusher. Um, that's the approach the 49ers need to take. Look what you did in one year. Imagine what you could do two more in two year, or two three more, years. Two or three more, yeah. two or three more years, what you could get paid at that time, and you're still going to be a guy who's in his still, I mean, super coming young. into his late 20s. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll be getting that 27, 28-year-old range. You still got four or five more years of prime left in you, kid. Someone's going to be willing to pay you five years and $15 million a year to rush the passer. Yeah, and you had Charles Aminihu go on Twitter and say, you know, look at his stats, so what, what, what Aminihu did in his time with the Niners. Imagine what he'll do in a full offseason, a full season with the 49ers. Charles Aminihu just gets me more and more excited each and every day. And yeah. This guy's excited to be a 49er, and I'm excited that he's a and, 49er. And excited to have his own uh, Netflix account. Accurate. Well, well done, Charles Aminihu. Hey. He's coming so far, Ant. <laughs> so far. Look at this guy. Happy for you, man. Happy for you. Uh, up next, Jaquiski Tart. This number floored me, Ant. When I read this number, I was floored. I could not believe it at all whatsoever. Jaquiski Tart. PFF, I can't even get the words out. Ant, say it. What is it? What is the value? I, 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 just, I can't wrap my head Jaquiski around this. Jaquiski Tart, uh, they have two years, $5 million, $2.5 million per season, $3.25 million guaranteed. What? You know what the best part is? In their analysis, too, they said Jaquiski Tart has been a star for his role with the 49ers and what he's been asked to do. You're going to tell me that another team couldn't find a way to replicate that? I think people worry about Jaquiski Tart in coverage. I mean, that, that is something you saw in the playoffs. Okay. There's a little bit okay. of a concern there. I know he was nursing an injury, and that's the other thing, is the injury the injury, The injury makes sense. Injury makes sense. $2.5 million a year, only three point two five of which is guaranteed. I'm, of his, of his if contract. I'm the Niners, I'm offering this Today, every day of the week. Yes. Every day of the week, I'm signing Jaquiski Tart to this deal. To because, a two-year, $5 million deal I mean, with 3.25 guaranteed? Even though we know we have Tarverius Moore coming back, he's coming off an Achilles. Even he's though ba we, basically free. Even though we have Talano Ufanga coming back, we know he has struggles in the coverage game. Uh, he does. I, I like this guy's spot things. This is what we talked about even when he was drafted. Using him in spot roles is the best situation for the 49ers. Yes. I don't think he's ready to take over as starting safety not yet i don't know if he'll ever get there the one thing i'll say though is tart and jimmy ward playing together is something special That's beautiful they do good things together and the run fits jimmy jimmy ward and jaquiski tart playing against the run um they're part of the reason the 49ers run defense was so good hmm. uh, if you can afford to get jaquiski tart back i think you do it and then you let him go compete with tarvarius more 
for that starting job and the best player wins and if it's tart great if not you have a very serviceable safety and at that amount of money you're not hurting and we know moore's been hurt jimmy ward's been hurt tart's been hurt you need to make sure you insulate yourself i think everyone would feel comfortable with that safety group if you want to go ahead and draft someone as well draft someone as well i've seen everyone is getting high on some of these safeties once again though are the 49ers really going to draft a, a safety high they haven't proven it yet so I think that Tart at that number, yeah, I'm bringing him back. Uh, I agree with you there. That two-year five million floored me, man. I could not believe the number. I was like, okay, so five million guaranteed, two and a half per year, and they were like, oh, three point two five guaranteed. It's like, oh, what? Yeah, and you could easily make it a minimum contract this year. His base salary, you know, could be one point two five million dollars. One point two five with escalators, and then next year guarantee him a little bit more money, or it could be the inverse. You can guarantee him a little bit more next year, this year. And the next year's contract is the one where maybe things start becoming in question because you may be able to move forward with a Talano Hufanga. Maybe Tarverius Moore shows you something this year that goes, this could be the future safety for, the, for yeah. this organization. Uh, there are so many options and ways that the Niners could go about dealing with that contract. And the best part is at two years, $5 million, it's not that much money that you're playing around with. No, it's not. And I think you could easily make this the equivalent of two $1.5 million years um, with the rest of the money not guaranteed, and so you're not on the hook for all of it. Accurate. Um, this is something Parag salivates over. He he made the, he's. I guarantee they've already figured out Jacuzzi Tart's number. And they won't move off of it. They'll offer him that amount. Um, but there's a very saturated safety market, so there's Bad, not going to be a is. lot of opportunities for him. And I think he knows that in San Francisco he has a potential to start. Some other places he won't. So he might look at it and be like, you know what? I like it there. I like playing with Jimmy Ward. I feel comfortable with this coaching staff with Demico Ryan's. Yeah, I want to come back. And I don't honestly think he's taking a a hometown discount. I think this is just what his market value is. Fair enough, Ant. Fair enough. Crazy to think that's what it would be. It's it's the value that we put on someone compared to the value that maybe the league does. Because the league looks at overall stats. We see play in and play out with what Jaquiski Tart means to this team. And the hustle. That's true. I mean, think about that. Green Bay game, if he doesn't run that guy down. You lose that football game. You lose the game. Uh, there, are, there are things Jaquiski Tar did for this team that were huge. And I know he's going to take heat for, you know, the not getting to Cooper and yeah. not getting to Cooper Cup in the back of the end zone. True. Um, there's other reasons why he wasn't, you know, where he should have been. And part of it's because Ombre Thomas didn't sag. But those are the looks that's going to be on Tart. But I think Tart is above average um, safety in this league. And I think the Foreigners would be very happy to have him back. Especially for $2.5 million a year. Oh, yeah, every day of the week. I'll take that those, all those, day. Those are the kind of numbers I like seeing. The ones I don't like seeing is DJ Jones. And no, no, DJ numbers. Jones is 8.75 million a Even year. Even though they deserve it. 100% deserve they, it. They deserve it. I just, I, I, just don't, I, I, want, I don't want people to realize that. No, I, it's I the want, same thing I tweeted out to the Miami Dolphins. I, at Miami, please screw this up when it came to Mike McDaniels. Please find a way to botch this. They didn't. They and did then, the right and, thing. And then they took the first shot, you know, getting River Currycraft. Shot across the bow. I mean, that just made put the 49ers on notice. You better watch all your former players. Yeah. Josh Rosen. <laughs> Mike McDaniels did that as a, I'm coming for you guys. <laughs> I'm coming for all your players. No, First just, up, River Craycraft. It's just smart. Bring River Craycraft in. He understands the system. I'm sure Wes Welker's high on him. But what he could add to your special teams, yeah, bring him in on your 90-man roster. That makes sense to me. It does make you, sense. You ultimately put him in the wide receiver room, and he knows what's going on, right? He yeah. already knows the offense. He's not going to struggle to adapt over there. He's going to struggle to make the team. But he's he's going to struggle to make the team, but he's not going to struggle to yeah. adapt. And you're telling me River Craycraft and and his uh, his wonderful significant other aren't going to enjoy Florida? They're going to love Florida. Yeah, I, I just got it a lot cheaper. I know. I know. I, I know. I like Florida. <laughs> Hi, Florida. Um, uh, no state taxes sounds wonderful for River Craycraft and possible practice squad. 
gets to keep all of that. Gets money. to keep a lot more money than he does playing for the Niners practice squad. That's accurate. Yeah, yeah that is very accurate. And uh, up next was Tom Compton. One year, one point seven five million is what PFF had it graded at. I would say, yeah, he's coming back for that. I mean, the best part is they put in this thing. Uh, strengths, elite run blocker. Uh, weaknesses was speed and age. Yeah, I think you bring him back. He's got the versatility to play guard and tackle. Accurate. And play tackle. Do I think that he hurt them a little bit in the playoff run? Yes. Yes. I think Mike McGlinchey would have been a better option in those situations. He's a better pass blocker. But as a serviceable backup, I would love Tom Compton to come back. Uh, I would even be in consideration for him to start at guard in the right situation. True. From what he showed last year, uh, he's a he's the guard equivalent to Mike McGlinchey. He really is. True. You know which scenarios he's going to struggle in. You know the one he's he's going to be do well in, and that's why you have to take advantage of the run game. And if you do, he's going to be successful. And if not, but this is cheap. And you have Chris Forrester, who's coached him in a couple locations. Kyle Shannon, who helped draft him. Uh, yeah, I think you feel good about Tom Compton coming back for one year at one point seven five million. That's a nice depth piece there. It is. And, you know, I, I, I and just if don't... you need to rely on him, you can. Yeah. And you I, know he can perform. I think that's why him, uh, Daniel Brunskill, you know, some of those guys are good options. The question is, what tender are they going to put on Daniel Brunskill? If they put a second-round tender, that ensures they're going to keep him, but then they're going to pay him four million over $4 million. I don't time. think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that. You think third-round tender? I, I, I think there could be a, a tender, maybe like a fourth-round tender or something okay. like that. Okay. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what they're going to... I figure, if, if I had to guess they actually get him under contract before free agency hits uh, and they take care of Brunskill. I don't think it'll be a lot of money for a guy who just made, you know, what is it like um, $785,000? I can see 1.5. Yeah, exactly. The same similar contract to Tom Compton. And that might be the way to roll. Uh, You bring in those guys, you have the two young cats uh, and you You see, you you, see what you you might move on from Lake and Tomlinson. If the number's not right. It's very true. And, or you can go out and draft a guy, you know, 49ers fans are sick of Mike McGlinchey. I keep hearing this all the time. Well, I've, I've found Nega Glinchy in this year's draft, Ant. Nega Glinchy, elite pass blocker. Elite. Oh, boy, is he in the run game, boy. He is suspect. I literally have in my notes, not even in comparison, just notes on him, uh, Nega Glinchy. He, he is the exact opposite of what Mike McGlinchy is. Everything that yeah. you love and hate about Mike McGlinchy, you'll love and hate about this draft prospect when we get if to If you it. are not an elite run blocker, you don't fit with the San Francisco <laughs> no. 49ers. That's, and that's the best yeah. part is I put it in my notes. It's like, I don't think there's any way this guy with the Niners would ever target him. There's think, no way. I think that's the interesting part about Jalen Moore. I think they see the potential for him to develop as an elite run blocker, but that's not who he is. No. Uh, where Aaron Banks was an elite run blocker, he just struggled in the pass game, which kind of the what what happens with 49ers offensive linemen. Oh, shocking. Yeah, they got some development there to go, but I I don't know how this thing's going to shake out, but I don't think they're going to be willing to go over 9 million dollars for Lincoln Thompson for sure. I don't think if so. Somebody starts hitting 10, 11, it's going to be, you know what, we we're very appreciative. Thank you for everything. Lincoln. Yeah, but there's no way we can meet that number. I I agree with you there. I don't think there's any way it's going to happen and uh but speaking of things that will never happen, a lot of people said after Raheem Mostert's injury week 1 and never going to happen. Goodbye, see you later Raheem Mostert. We found RB1 Elijah Mitchell. And then PFF put him in their top 200 ant and labeled him as a one-year $1.75 million contract with 1.25 guaranteed. Lankin, uh, not Lankin, but Raheem has since gone on to talk to certain people in the 49ers media, and they've come out and said that Raheem wants to be in San Francisco for one-year $1.75 million and 1.25 guaranteed. Sign me up. Yeah, it's going to be more than that. I agree with uh, you. Raheem Mostert wants to come back. He told Matt Mayoko he wanted to come back. And his agent has come out now and said the 49ers and, and them have been, you know, they've reached out about a contract. 
this is a good sign. They don't want him to hit the open market. They want to make sure they bring him back. The only way to do that is make sure Miami doesn't have a chance to make a pitch. Agreed. Because he would definitely revolutionize you know, McDaniel's offense there because he has that explosive speed. I don't think people outside the organization realize how important Raheem Mostert is to this offense. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew was talking about Mostert and Elijah Mitchell, and he said it would be an absolute dynamite one-two punch. He could see them both splitting 15 carries apiece. We're talking about Maurice Jones-Drew, who looked at Elijah Mitchell in the draft and had him as one of his top running backs in the draft last year. Uh, so he sees the value in it. He talks about how hard it is to run in Kyle Shanahan's system and that it takes a certain type of patience, a certain type of giddy-up, and you need these two guys. These guys are the one-two punch you need, especially with all the question marks surrounding Trey Sermon. We thought eventually he would be ready to go. We don't know that yet. He hasn't. He wasn't even active in the playoffs. Uh, he was inactive for those games, so... I think that the you know this is a this is a necessary move for the 49ers. I'd be willing to pay, I mean, four million plus for Raheem Mostert, especially if some of the money was in incentives. Oh, uh, yeah. if, if if it was yeah. in incentives, one hundred percent. I think a a lower base salary, maybe a little bit more than this, like a couple million with incentives that could push it to five. If he reached the number of carries, number of yards, number of touchdowns, I'd be all for that. If I'm good with Jason Verrett at three million with a one point two five guarantee then I would be good at about two and a half, three million for Raheem Mostert. I think Raheem Mostert is actually more dynamic than... Oh, 100%. For the, I think he's more needed for the offense. 100%. Yeah. I think if you look at the two, like what's which guy's more important? Raheem Mostert is more important. Yeah. Raheem Mostert is, I mean, dynamic. That will also free up Debo Samuel to not have to do as many wide back things. So when you do do him, he's fresher. We see them at the end of these games. I mean, Dallas, Green Bay, the guy's just given everything he's got. He can't carry on that sort of a load. and. Raheem Mostert will take that pressure off. You, Kyle Shanahan's systems and running games thrive with having a rotation of three guys. When you have three guys that you can rely on, you're good. And if those three guys going into next year are wide back Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, and Raheem Mostert, I am extremely excited for what that three back rotation is going to look like. I have Debo Samuel being the fourth guy because I have another guy of them potentially signing. Oh, is it a, it's a certain guy that was on their list? Their top 200 as well? I don't know. Was, he, was he also a wide back? No, he's not a wide back. Oh, he's just another running back. Yes. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, you're not going to want to miss all the free agent content that's coming out next yeah. week. We got Combine coming up. We got a lot of things happening during that week, but you're going to have a lot of free agency stuff as well. Talking about potential free agents the Niners could target that aren't 49ers or weren't 49ers last year. Maybe at some point in time they were a 49er, but they're not anymore. And maybe they could be coming back in the fold, or maybe it's just a whole new name and face entirely. And if you don't want to miss on any of that, that's make sure I'm you subscribe. About. And hit that notification bell. That way you don't miss any of those videos, any of those episodes. And also, while you're down there liking and subscribing and becoming the newest member of the Cutback Crew, and who knows, maybe becoming a channel member like all of those wonderful people down there, BB, Matt, David, Shooter. If you're becoming one of those channel members as well, you're going to get additional content as well. You're not going to hate on any of that. Uh, but you also should comment. Let us know what you think about all of these free agent values. Was anyone overvalued by PFF? Was anyone undervalued by PFF? And... Do the guys we think we could be moving on for, do you want to make a pitch for why we're wrong and why they should be staying? If so, comment down below. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people that believe you have to bring Lincoln Thompson back at any you know, any level. You just have to make sure this guy comes back, and maybe they're right. I don't know. But I, I, just, I just think that you know, at some point, you're, you just can't pay more than the value. Uh, I think Lakin Thomas is a great player. He's very durable. He shows up every day. Daniel Brunskill, very durable, shows up every day. Operates but, at a, well, yeah. Lankin operates at a pretty high level. But so. you're not going to pay these guys more than what they're worth. And unfortunately, um, some of these teams are going to go out there and overspend because they need that help. Cincinnati and Miami, for sure, are, are teams that need to rebuild their offensive line. 
So that's where I worry about it. I also worry about the Jets a little bit, possibly uh, for Lake and Tomlinson. So I think there's going to be avenues for these guys to make that money. And the 49ers have to decide, you know, what if do I bring back Lake and Tomlinson at nine million? Or I do do I bring back four of these other guys at low, you know, low amounts, plus a running back that I can get in the bargain basement. Uh, there's decisions that you have to make and you have to kind of weigh those things out. That's why the Niners are going to set a number. This is what John Lynch and, and Parag do. They sit there, they set a number. If that number gets met, they bring the player back. If not, they don't. So we're going to see what that number ultimately is, but I don't think it's $9 million. I could be wrong, Agreed but I don't think it's $9 million. I agree with you. I don't think it's $9 million. I don't think it's any in any world based on the teams that need help and how much cap space they have that it ends up staying at $9 million. I think it goes way above that. It could go into the $12 million range, which is way too much money to pay for Lincoln Tomlinson. The Niners just aren't going to do that at that position. But if you think we're wrong and you got a case, make it down below. Let's have a conversation about this because free agency is... Man, it's just getting started. It is around the corner in terms of when they can sign March 16th, officially the first day where guys can be signed to contracts. They can start negotiating on the 14th that Monday. So all leading up to that. Non-tampering period. Non-tampering yeah. period. Silly, silly stuff. It's amazing how people sign like a minute into it. It's like, how do you guys get the language figured out? How do you guys get the language? Oh, it's all done already. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. So fast. We'll see what happens though, Cutback Crew. We'll see. We're excited to have these conversations with you. We'll catch you on the next one. And until that time, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers way.